Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Shay Dixon. And Shay, it is Friday, September 15th, 9.23 a.m., and that means we're about 24 hours away from kickoff in Starkville, Mississippi, for LSU and Mississippi State, uh, the SEC opener for both teams. And, yeah, it's the chance for LSU to, I think, finally get back on track, even though the Grambling game is the Grambling game. But now it's SEC play is here, and they start off with Mississippi State. Um, how are you today? Doing well. Yeah, this line is sitting at what, right around nine and a half, ten is what it had been. Nine and a half. Takeaway yeah. three for a home favorite. It's about a touchdown spread, I guess you'd say, is the difference between these teams. You did your final lines piece. I know uh, we haven't dove too much into that spread and what we think of it, but what was your initial reaction when you saw it was nearly double digits? Yeah, it was a uh, 10 earlier in the week. Um, when I saw that, I was like, after the Grambling game, I was like, yeah, no, I think Mississippi State covers that. Uh, the more you kind of look at it, the more I've obviously watched Mississippi State and we talked to the players, coaches, all that stuff. Um, I, I do think LSU is in a good spot, and we'll get into all this later. Um, I'm not breaking any news. I do think LSU could can win, will win the game, but it's how much and how comfortable will they look, you know, and will it be um, – a tough win like we saw last year with all those road games. So a lot of different ways this game could go. That's what I told you before we started. I When I did my final lines uh, for the betting angle, I was – I don't want to say I was uh, scrambling, but it was not easy to find an angle that I really, really liked in this game because there's so much unknown right now. Well, you were there yesterday uh, on Thursday night. Brian Kelly had his press conference after practice, uh, gave an injury update. And it's not great. Uh, two guys started the week as probable. He said that Omar Spates, starting linebacker, basically made no progress towards getting healthier for the game. Now he's doubtful. And Mason Taylor, who is your starting tight end, obviously, left that Grambling State game, tweaked his ankle. Now he's gone from probable to a game-time decision. Your instant reactions when you heard that, because one of them is very troubling for me. Yeah, I'll let you talk about which one. Well, which one do you think is the most? Troubling? I think that not having Mason Taylor is a big deal. I agree. I agree. Yeah, Mason Taylor, not having Mason Taylor is significant because it it quickly gets to Mac Markway and the rest of the freshmen. Like he even mentioned Jackson McGohan in his press conference. As far as like you know, all the freshmen are gonna be suited up and available for us. It took and, him a minute though. He had to. Yeah, he forgot about missing. him. Forgot about him. I was. I don't know if you heard me. I was, was that yelling, you? Yelling, Jackson McGohan. Well, everybody kind of reminded him at, at a certain point, but I said Jackson McGohan, and then he didn't hear me, and then everybody started saying Jackson McGohan, and I was like, okay. Matty, he's um, been on the McGohan train. Yeah, so I had to make sure he remembered my boy. But yeah, he said all the freshmen will be suited up. Obviously, if Connor Gilbreth, the drop off is substantial to me from Mason Taylor to the rest, and not even in terms of these guys can't do it, but in terms of experience um mason taylor's all-around ability 
and versatility for this offense is key. And we've seen that with Mike Denbrock. We haven't had an offense where we haven't had a game, obviously under Mike Denbrock and with Jaden Daniels at quarterback without Mason Taylor this year, uh, in, in you know the past two years. So how will that look? I don't know, but it definitely is taking away a key weapon from Jaden Daniels, a guy he's very, very comfortable with. Um, you could argue the guy he's second most comfortable with, in my opinion, outside of Malik Neighbors. So I do think that is the more substantial one. Uh, we'll, we could talk about Omar Spates in a bit, but from an offensive perspective, Mason Taylor not being potentially not being available is is uh, substantial, I think, when looking at the offense. Well, yeah, I mean, he's experienced. He's a starter. He's the safety blanket in that offense passing wise for Jaden, um, which isn't a knock. I mean, that's a big piece to that offense. And yeah. We see how often Denbrock, I mean, they motion Mason half the game where he comes across and then they have that option with really through like these read option plays where Jaden can keep it. He can dump it to Mason real quick. He can hand it off. And like all that becomes a little bit tougher to run when you're putting in a true freshman who's just not as adjusted and kind of ready for a big, I mean, look, you're, they're going into SEC play here. This is not Grambling State. And so every snap matters. And they took their bumps a year ago with the freshmen to get to this point, right, Matty B, to where yeah. you didn't have freshmen out there. You did have an experienced tight end. And then you move towards the reality that Denbrock really likes two tight ends on the field at all times. Well, you could kind of you were getting away with it if the second guy was Markway as a blocker. And Connor Gilbreth has some ways to go making that jump from JUCO to SEC ball now. And it's just moving at so much quicker of a pace. And Kamorian Pimpton's not really an inline blocker. McGohan's the last guy he listed. So I know it's tight end. I know it's like, okay, how big of a deal could that really be for LSU's offense? If it's Mason Taylor, it's a big deal. Yeah, that's that's an all SEC potential tight end right there. Um at linebacker, you mentioned Omar Spates. I do think this is substantial because even though, you know, he hasn't had a ton of tackles, he hasn't had the impact I think a lot of people were were expecting, even though, you know, I've kind of mentioned before the inside linebacker spot is it, it can be tough at times to make a massive impact um early on. Um from a depth perspective, I think it is quite significant because as much as I like the Weeks brothers, I, I liked Spates and Penn and Perkins kind of holding that down. Now you do get into West Weeks and Whit Weeks coming in and playing significant snaps against SEC teams. And not just any SEC team, a team that will run the ball at you potentially 60% of the time. And as much as Omar Spates maybe you know, maybe he has some shortcomings. I think he's a smart player. I think he knows exactly what this defense needs to do. And losing that experience and replacing him with, you know, West Weeks, Wit Weeks, potentially, um, that's that's a pretty big um, experience gap. But I do agree with you that it's not as substantial as, as Mason Taylor. Yeah, I mean, experience-wise, Spates has started more than 40 college games. Greg Penn started double-digit college games at LSU, but yeah. – the Weeks brothers, neither of them have started a college game. One of them's a true freshman. I thought that both looked good a week ago. I mm -hmm. thought that West Weeks looked good last year. So I have faith that those guys can get it done. That's why I think there's a little more experience there than what you have behind Mason Taylor at tight end. Like, well, and the other challenging part is how much is Harold going to play inside linebacker? Because well, Brian Kelly made it sound like not much. Yeah, it sounded like not much at all. So then you're really just down to pin Weeks Weeks. As your as your inside linebackers, which yes. 
I again, the Weeks brothers, I I think are are talented. Obviously, clearly talented. Everybody who watches them knows that. But um, that is a tall task for Greg Penn, West Weeks, Whit Weeks against this offense in particular. So, um, that's one of the more interesting aspects of this. How good did you think Greg Penn was against the run a year ago? And let's assume he's gotten better now. Yeah, I think he was. I think it was it was his strong point, especially you know against Arkansas last year. We saw him have a really good game. So I, I think it's there, and I think he can definitely rack up the tackles. Um, it's kind of just it, it falls in line with the rest of this defense, right? It's it's just another question mark to add to the mix. To where is the secondary there? Is the defensive line there? Is the linebacker there? There's infinite amount of question marks. It feels like around this defense. Um, but ultimately, I, I do have faith, and we'll get to this in a bit. I do have faith in Matt House and, and oh, this overall talent on the defense to, to figure it out on Saturday. That's why I, I'm with you in that you lose Omar Spates for this game. I would be more concerned if you lost him against some of the better teams in this conference. Um, and that is saying, I think Mississippi State, I think I said it before, I've had Mississippi State last in the West, in my opinion. Um, them being a nine and a half point dog at home probably says that Vegas thinks they're somewhere near the bottom as well. So, okay, let's dive there or start there with kind of our quick preview of each state's offense. You did a breakdown on it. For those that don't know, obviously with the passing of Mike Leach, um, new head coach Arnett moves up as defense coordinator, head coach, and they have basically abandoned the air raid and given the running back 20-something touches a game, we're talking about a guy in Will Rogers at quarterback, Matty B, who is about to move past guys like Tim Tebow and them and into the top five for SEC passing yards, all these different things. Like I have to look at the names, but he was moving into the top five or six in SEC history yeah. for passing. But as a senior now, I think he's a senior, and he's played started 35 or 36 straight games for State. Yeah. He's now not throwing it 50 times a game. They went to overtime and he threw it 17 total times. And they're giving Jaquavius Marks at running back more than 20 touches. Now, there were people on the board this week. I've heard it on radio saying, well, I just don't think State's showing anything until they got to SEC play. I think this is who State is and who they want to be. Now they're a team that's just picking their spots, passing it, and are just going to run the football. Yeah, I, I thought about that, too, of them like playing possum for LSU. Well, if they're playing possum, uh, it almost cost them a game. Yeah, but, yeah. You don't play possum when you're about to get overtime with Arizona at home. <laughs> at home against Arizona there where you could not put them away for anything. Um, the second half against Arizona, I've written about this, talked about this, um, but it's they got stale, predictable. Arizona was able to really slow them down in the run game and in short yardage situations in particular. So because of that, I think – there's just no way they go into this game with a 63 to 37 split pass or run pass. Like, I just think that it's too significant with LSU's question marks in the secondary. It has to be closer to 50, 50. So that's what I'm going into this game assuming. But even when Will Rogers did pass the ball, he was his average depth of target, I think was 6.4 yards which is obviously very low. And all, I think nine of his 13 completions went to either Jaquavius Marks or Tolu Griffin. And both of those are kind of in-between slash like short yardage type players. So even when he did throw the ball, it was not for an explosive play. It wasn't down the field. It wasn't looking to be vertical in any sense. And that's where 
obviously last year, or I mean, under Mike Leach in the air raid, it's different. You can throw those short passes, but then obviously you build towards maybe throwing it deep. I was most surprised by this with state offense because they didn't run the ball to set up an explosive pass. They ran the ball and then threw some like misdirection screens, you know, uh, dump offs to Jaquavius Marks. Like they didn't have any sort of explosive pass game. And I thought that's in my obvious experience, that's kind of why you run the ball so much is to hit those explosive plays in the, in the past. So um, I do think it is concerning for Mississippi State, and that's why I, I look at LSU's defense as having an advantage here because say what you want about Matt House. I, I wrote about this. This is my um, final lines pick was Mississippi State team total under 21 and a half. Say what you want about Matt House. When he plays these one-dimensional offenses, he's usually pretty damn good. Like he didn't allow over 20 points to was it Mississippi, uh, Mississippi State, um who else had in the list arkansas last year like those type of teams they scored some points but they didn't get over 20 so i I feel good about lsu's defense against the run and kind of a one-dimensional type of offense for mississippi state yeah so to clarify obviously kibo is not in the top five passing records i I was with on the wrong gator it's chris leak will rogers is now 34 straight starts so i was right about that um 76 yards away from moving to sixth on the list, uh, 124 yards away from moving to fifth, which would bump Peyton Manning, 135 passing yards from bumping Chris Leak out of fourth. So he'll probably get that this weekend if he can throw for more than 120 yards, which I would imagine that he could do. So we're talking about a guy, Matty B, who is going to sit in the top four in SEC passing, but they're using him to throw it 17 times a game. And now you've got a guy in Marks who – this is probably just as an impressive start at running back. 38 games played, 38 straight games he's caught a football. You talked about that average depth of catch. They're going to use the running backs to catch the football. Yeah. Um, needs one catch to become uh, Mississippi State's all-time receptions leader uh, at 200, which would put him just outside the top 10 in the SEC. When you've watched him, I mean, is this a is this going to be one of the most talented running backs they face this year? Who? He does lead the SEC right now in rushing. It's only been two weeks. I, I really like him as a, as a back. Um, I, I think he's he's kind of perfect. Obviously, when you think of like the zone type running schemes like these, you kind of envision a bigger back to where they can just kind of hit the whole one one cut type stuff and just go get downhill, which he can do. But he is really really shifty. Um, I was impressed with him against Arizona. I think he can. He showed that he showed um, a running game that I I didn't know he had last year, you know, because he was used so little in the run game. And now you see him getting these blocks and exploding through the hole and breaking tackles. I mean, I'm really impressed with Quavius Marks. And that's where you can't let him get kind of ahead of steam. And that's where the linebackers, defensive line, all those guys come into play. So I do think he's a good back. I don't know where I'd rank him in the SEC, but heck, I mean, I probably would have him over any LSU back right now. Yeah, he's got the experience, too. He's very yeah, he's experienced. Um, okay, so we know about State's offense. You wrote about it. They'll probably pick their shots with Will Rogers throwing deep, but the average depth of target tells the tale there. They're going to yeah. work the running backs, short passing game, and if they're doing what yeah. they've seen done so far, it's relying on marks. I, a, good, a good time for LSU. 
uh, yeah. to not face an air raid is right now because they yes. are working through some DB issues. You do not want a quarterback who is a top five all-time SEC passer and is throwing it 50-something times a game because eventually he's going to hurt you. So that's a good thing for LSU. Yeah, uh, and last thing, last thing for me, I do feel good. I want to reiterate, I do feel good about LSU's defense here. I might, maybe I'm proven wrong, but I just can't see Mississippi State really breaking them down consistently. I just, Madhouse has been too consistent over the past what 14, 16 games when he fit places that plays an offense like this. I think he typically can figure it out. Now it might take him a quarter or two. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if Mississippi State gets like you know 14 points in the first quarter and a half or something. But we've seen before them just shut it down in the second half last year this year it was different but i think florida state's just a different caliber of team mississippi state does not have those receivers mississippi state does not have that level of talent i don't even think on the offensive line that's something i didn't mention much i I don't think their offensive line is great so lsu defensively jordan jefferson um jacobian guillory makai wingo on the defensive line we'll see if mason smith can be better against the run than he was last week because i don't think he was great uh, you know, players like Savion Jones, can they be good against the run? I think if not, Paris Shand will get in there quite a bit. Uh, there's a lot of nuances here uh, th- that I think LSU has some depth they can go to. I think they have options on the defensive line, and I, I think they win up front enough to to really bother Mississippi State. All right, let's flip it um, on offense for LSU. Uh, Jaden Daniels obviously started more than 40 straight games. He's in at quarterback. We know they've got a receiver. Brian Thomas has had statistically uh, the best start. Malik Neighbors is still your wide receiver one. They've worked in Lacey Anderson. We got a taste of Chris Hilton last week. I imagine that continues. But for me, it's the storyline this week's at running back because Diggs went over 100 yards against Grambling State. They only had a 100-yard rusher twice last year. Josh Williams did it twice, both on the road in the SEC. And I think it was Florida and Arkansas games. So you've got Josh Williams on this roster. You've got Logan Diggs now who went over 100. John Emery's back this week. You've got a veteran in Noah Kane. Caleb Jackson is a true freshman, just had a breakout game. What do you make of a very crowded running back room right now when you go on the road at 11 a.m. and knowing what they did last year? When they were on the road, they ran the ball a lot, not just with Jaden, but with the running backs. So what's the view going into this one when you've got Emery coming back and you've also now had a guy like Diggs and Jackson kind of prove something? Yeah, it kind of leaves you with no excuses to not be able to run the ball here because obviously it's an offensive line oriented type of game and oriented um, aspect of the offense where of running the ball. But I think LSU's offense should should be able to push Mississippi State up front, and then you have options because then it becomes who's the best back in this situation. You know, you can take your pick. Everybody's going to be ready. I think Logan Diggs showed last week how good he is. Uh, we know John Emery is capable. How, whether they put him out there game one or not, I don't know. But Josh Williams is what he is. Noah Kane is what he is. So ultimately, there's no excuses here not to pick the right choice at running back and capitalize on it. They should be able to run the ball, and Jane Daniels should not be their leading rusher unless if they give five different players four carries then I'll make an exception for it. But at this moment, the running backs, here's how I'll put it. The running backs should not outgain or should not be outgained by Jane Daniels. I think that's something that's kind of safe to say in this game. So uh, that get the running. I, I do. I think LSU should be able to run the ball here. I'll be disappointed if they don't. 
so a year ago, LSU was very, they weren't good on the road. Every game they went on the road, they either lost. Florida State was neutral. A&M was a loss. But the, or it was like Arkansas was a scrap. Auburn was tight the whole time. Like, and they weren't great teams. They just didn't play well on the road. What do you make of the offense right now when I tell you a year ago, this was such a second half team and every time they went and adjusted and then they came out great on D making plays on offense this year on offense. What was it? Four out of the five or five out of the four out of the five drives against Florida state in the first half went into the red zone. It was five out of six. Yeah. Five out of six. Okay. And then uh, they scored 10 straight touchdowns against Grambling state. I know it's Grambling state, but if you score touchdowns in your first 10 possessions, against anybody that's yeah. against air that's good that means you were dropping it that you were executing all that it, are you does your gut tell you they're going to start slow it's 11 a.m you're on the road and then they sort of get into a rhythm or is it boom we're firing out of the gates like we were against florida state no i really feel good about this offense right now i'm I'm in a good spot with where this offense is where Jaden daniels is you know i i i i get labeled you know whether it's hating jay daniels or whatever it's like i think jay daniels is really good and i think he was perfect for this offense last year just because i want a little bit more doesn't mean i don't understand how good he is like he is really really good for this offense he's once they get a little bit more in sync i'm really comfortable with him especially against mississippi state arkansas like these teams jay daniels the combination of his arm and his legs should dominate this game and then a big point last year that i think translates this year in a way is him not turning the ball over like he's not going to put the defense in a bad spot typically um so i think that has a lot of value um and ultimately i've just been really through two games sure you know the florida state second half was was rough but i just think if the offensive line can win which i think they will against mississippi state I think this offense kind of rolls to a degree. So I, I could see them putting up in the 30s. I can hear people screaming through the uh, the other end of this on the receiving end. Yes, five trips to the red zone. Great. You got 17 points. Yeah. Is Brian Kelly chasing points in this one? You can't field goals? This is this is the interesting part because to go back to Jay Nails slash the pass game, it's like when you're not explosive and you have to get to the red zone and execute in the red zone every single time, you do open the door to yourself being potentially, you know, leaving some points out there, right? That's when you don't hit those Keon Coleman 40-yard balls that, you know, you can just go win. Um, so that's the tough part is you have to play some – play in the red zone a lot more than maybe you want to. Does Brian Kelly chase points in this game? He's chased points a lot in these first two years. He has. Well, he's, he's done it. He did it last year too. Um Obviously, it depends on the situation. Yeah, two years. I said, yeah, not two games, two years. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of just who he is right now. I think he just yeah, really score the damn ball. <laughs> just, I don't think he likes kicking. You don't have a Cade York either. No, but even but, in general, well, hey, Ramos has made every extra point and hit his field goal at Florida State. So, yeah, stay He's tuned. I've got it. I've got him on my MVPs. A little preview here of what's to come. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, look, let's uh. Let's get a quick uh, ad read in. Game time. Uh, you know, every Friday when we do the preview and prediction pod, game time is our sponsor. And uh, look, I gave you all a ton of deals last week. You could have been sitting in like the second row of Tiger Stadium for 50 bucks last week. Um, and it was actually pretty crowded. So 
be sure to check out Game Time. Uh, look, the Game Time ticketing app. If you haven't downloaded it, uh, Game Time, one word, just put it into your app store, download it. Tigers is our promo code, T I G E R S, 20 bucks off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app, create the account, use that code Tigers at purchase. You'll get the money off. Terms apply. Again, create the account, redeem the code Tigers. I'll give you your weekly update right now. You can get into the upper deck of uh, this state game for less than 30 bucks. And uh, what I like about uh, Game Time 2, Matty B, is you get the uh, kind of the seat views. There's actually not many bad seats in this stadium. Uh, so if you are going up to Starkville, haven't got tickets yet, or we're hoping to buy them outside, whatever it might be, you can even sit into the lower bowl uh, for about 40 bucks. So check out that uh, on game time. Use the code promo code TIGERS at checkout. They actually already have a lot of tickets on here uh, for good deals for next week's home game against Arkansas. So if you're planning on coming down to Baton Rouge for that one, you can check out the game time app. They've got some good ticket deals there. I will uh, give you all that update again next week, though, right before the uh, the home game against Arkansas. Of what I'll look for, maybe that'll be my weekly thing with game time. The best seat presented by Shea. I got you at the fifty yard line in row two against Grambling State for fifty bucks. So uh, I'll be on the I'll be on the prowl next week for the SEC home opener. The best seat. Someone make the graphic. I can do this all year. I can get you the best season in PMAC, best season in Tiger Stadium, yeah. Davis Wade <laughs> Stadium. It doesn't matter, home or away. Saints game. Shea, Shea will have you sitting right next to Kim Mulkey. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, 100%. We'll I'll find the, uh, I'll, you want to sit with the recruits, recruiting section? I know where it is. I'll put you right in the middle there. You can buy a $20 ticket and go uh, rub shoulders with all those guys. Uh, all right, let's – um, what are you thinking here? Predictions? We're doing MVPs first? Let's do MVPs. Okay. I've already got mine picked out because I've got go my ahead. story written for today. Oh, there we go. All right. So perfect. Go ahead. All right. I already gave it away. Damian Ramos is my special teams. I'm off the Aaron Anderson train until Brian Kelly plays Aaron Anderson in the return game. So I can't pick him again. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pick Greg Clayton because right now he's just fair catching it. So I've got to go a specialist, I feel like. And I'm going Ramos. I think that there are a couple of kicks in this game that he will be called out for that if he makes them can ultimately – extend a lead, get you that 10-point lead, double-digit, or if they're in a tight one, uh, that could be crucial for him. But as you said, Brian Kelly doesn't like to kick it. At some point, you have to. So yeah. I'm going with Damian Ramos on special teams. Offense, defense, okay. Here, here. let me let me do my special teams one. And then okay, you're not going Damian Ramos. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. Okay. I, I thought about it for a bit. Um, I do think field position is important, so I almost went with, with Jay Bramley for this. Okay. But – you know, I want to be exciting. I want to have fun. And uh, Caleb Jackson, I think, will continue to be the return man here. And um, I think he pops one to the 40. So there you go. Give me uh, Caleb Jackson on one return. We'll get it to the 40-yard line in this game. That'll get you a nod. I mean, Bramplett didn't even get to punt a week ago. So maybe uh, maybe he gets involved in this game. We'll see. Brian Kelly doesn't like to punt either, not kick or no. punt. He's Lane Kiffin, but no one's giving him any credit for it. He's just going to go for it every time. Look this up. Yeah, we should. I, I should do a story on seeing how he matches up analytically with the rest of the country on like fourth downs. He's um, a few games away from that Arkansas high school coach that had pulled the numbers and just never punted or kicked it. Just went for it every time uh, and said it yeah. paid off more for him. Exactly. That was a great story. I'll go. Um, all right, let's do. Let's do defense. I'm going Greg Penn. And boy, do I want to pick a Weeks brother. But I got to think Greg Penn, if Omar Spates is out, is going to play 
a lot in this game. He was a starter for them a year ago. He started for them in week two when they moved Perkins back to edge. So, as you noted, Perkins has been – or Penn has been very good against the run in the past. His team's going to run the ball a good bit. If Spates isn't out there, which it doesn't look like he will be, I'm rocking on the Greg Penn train. I'm also a Greg Penn stand for those that yes. don't know. Big fan. Um, My defensive player is going to be the player I wrote a spotlight on, Jordan Jefferson. I was – I went back and obviously when you watch one player and every snap one player plays, you might be, you know, you get a good picture of what he is. But I also the PFF grades of him over the past two years, you know, kind of balance out what I was thinking in terms of his run defense. I just think he's a really good player. And then I asked Brian Kelly about him and Brian Kelly was also talked about him at his radio show and talked about. Jordan Jefferson's role on this defense against Mississippi State. I just think he's too quick off the ball. He's versatile. He can blow up some of those gap schemes that Mississippi State has. We've we've seen him do it at West Virginia. We saw him do it at times against Florida State. I think Jordan Jefferson has a few really, really big plays in this game. And if Mason Smith or even Makai Wingle, but probably Mason Smith, if Mason can't um, get his eyes right in the run game, then I think we just see a ton of Jordan Jefferson, like potentially like 45 snaps. Jordan Jefferson in this game, which would be substantial because he only had, I think, 32. I think he had 32 against Florida State and 10 against Grambling. So I could see him in the 40s if if they need him. Well, I think everyone's ready to see Mason Smith kind of have that breakthrough moment or game. Yeah. And maybe that comes this week. But uh, I like the Jordan Jefferson pick. I do. He's had a, a nice start. He made some nice plays against FSU. So this is a, a big game for him. As Brian Kelly said when you asked him that question, he said, yeah, him, Parrish. Like, there's guys who – we need big games from uh, Guillory barely played any last week. Like he could play some this week. Yeah. Um, hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, I like that pick. Okay, uh, offense. I'm going Logan Diggs. If you're going to run for 100 yards, which LSU doesn't do often with a running back, you get the nod for me. Uh, they're on the road. As I noted a year ago, they leaned on the running backs on the road a good bit. This is it's an odd pick because I can't guarantee what his touches will be just because, like you said, they could give him 12, 15 touches. They could give everybody four and then four different guys have four or five touches. So that won't get him into the conversation, I doubt. But if he hits double digit touches, which I think he will, and he's an option in the pass game, even with the return of John Emery, I think that Diggs can put two weeks together here of solid football. So. I'm going away from Jaden and the receivers this time. I'm going running backs for the first time this year, and I'm going digs. Okay. Um, who do I go with here? Who do I go with here? Um, I, I'll, I'll stick with I, – I can't go with any of the receivers right now. I don't trust – I mean, Neighbors and Thomas have been really good this year, but um, I'm going to go Jaden Daniels as as my MVP. Because okay. this is this is where like through two games, I would say Jaden Daniels has been good, right? Like I think Jaden Daniels has been above average. I think he's been good. 
this is the start of SEC play. And last year on the road, we saw him consistently kind of not live up to how good he was at home. Um, I think we, the exception obviously being that Florida game where it was just a shootout and everybody was scoring. Um, but typically AM, Auburn, Arkansas, he didn't, he almost put his team in a position to lose. Now this year, first game um, of SEC play on the road, I think this is where Jaden Daniels has, I'm not going to say he has a great game, but I think his efficiency will will come through, and I think that he's going to make enough plays with his arm to, to win this team uh, the game. So they're going to have to catch the ball. I think the protection will be fine. I think everything's there for Jaden Daniels to have a really good game. Um, I saw Arizona's quarterback, albeit he was um, a roller coaster ride. I think he threw the ball pretty effectively and extended plays well. So I think Jane Daniels has um, pretty good success here. I wrote this in my final lines. I would take his over 253 yards uh, passing prop. I think he gets to close to 300 today, uh, on Saturday. Watch, we say all this, and then Kyron Lacey is going to go out and have like two touchdowns in this right. game and be like, oh, damn, all right, like right, let's get it rolling then. Yeah, there's my uh, or, was, that's actually that's my throwaway prediction is that my predictions get scrapped and it's actually someone like Kyron Lacey that has a huge game. Yeah. I'm just gonna clip that part where it's like, oh, Kyron Lacey, all the yeah. uh, touchdowns gets prediction. going, and then there you go, prediction. Um, I thought about one of the tight ends, but I just don't see how they're gonna use the tight ends. Like, ideally, obviously, we all love Kamari Pimpton. If they could get Kamari Pimpton three catches. Um, not even saying they have to be big plays or anything, but just his ability as a receiver. If you can add him to the mix for a couple catches this week, I would feel a lot better. I just don't know how exactly they're going to use the tight ends this week. So it's going to be Mark Way, Gilbert blocking. Anything more than that, I think, would surprise me. All right, prediction time. I've got my final. I sent you my. Uh, yeah, you sent me yours. I didn't read yours really yet. I'm not going <clears> to. <throat> I posted my final lines this morning and then I got on here. So I haven't read y'all's. Um, okay, I'll go first and I'll let you think about it. I'm 31 20 LSU. I think LSU covers, but I like the under in this game. I think that both teams are going to run the football. And if you've got about 60 something snaps a game for each side, I could see it finishing in that range. So I'm going. What was that? 31 for LSU, 20 for State. Yeah. You're always really good at picking these um, because I I feel like that's like right in the middle of where my range is. Um, I just do the over-under and divide that, and then I separate it by the uh, the spread. spread. And then shuffle it a little. It's got to be my best strategy for real, obviously. Vegas knows. So 31-20. Cover better under. There you go. Um, I'll go a little bit. I don't want to say out there, but I, I think this is a good game for LSU's offense. I think they hit. I'll say, I think this is a big win for LSU. I think LSU comes out and proves something. I think LSU is too good defensively to let Mississippi State run all over it. And once they make it a passing type game, once they make Mississippi State uncomfortable, I think it might result in some turnovers. I wouldn't be surprised if there was um, a few turnovers this game in favor of LSU. I don't think Jane Daniels turns it over. I think he makes a couple plays. I feel really good about LSU in this game. Potentially, I, I think it's a huge spread, nine and a half. But right now, I think they cover it. Give me LSU 35 to 17. That's a beatdown. 
That that is if and I think it kind of pulls away in the second half. I think at halftime it's something like halftime it's something like let's just say fourteen to ten something like that, and then the second half I think we see LSU really start to pull away because what I saw from the from Mississippi State in the second half against Arizona I just don't think they have I don't think they have a change up pitch that they really like right now, which happens when you're in the first year of a new coordinator and you're overhauling an offense and your offense is built to pass the ball and you're running the ball, they don't have an off-speed pitch right now. I think they're all fastball, and Matt House is usually pretty good at taking those away. So give me 35-17 LSU. All right, so you both got LSU moving to 2-1 and one and staying in the top 15 and getting a first SEC win. That would be just what the doctor ordered here. And we both have them covering. So what, what could go wrong? That's right. What could go wrong? All right. Anything else? Um, any sleeper players or anything like that you're you're looking forward to? Um, no, secondary, I already dropped my car and Lacey on you. Yeah, you did. Um, we didn't talk about the secondary of this defense really at all. I do want to say it real quick. I don't know who's going to start. Do we assume Zai and Denver? Yes. Okay. We assume Zai, Denver. I, I agree. Um, but I do think the safeties are going to have to tackle. Mm-hmm. Much better. Major Burns did not tackle well against Grambling. He didn't tackle great against Florida State. Um, even Andre Sam, I thought, wasn't great at, as a tackler in the first two games. So those guys are going to have to be much better. Greg Brooks is awesome. Greg Brooks is the best DB they have. Um, so how those guys tackle is a big thing here. Obviously, coverage-wise, I don't think Mississippi State has the receivers to really hurt them. Um, but still... Grambling didn't have obviously elite receivers and they still threw it at the corners a couple times early on. So we'll see how they attack the secondary of LSU. But ultimately I think this game is one on the line of scrimmage, which favors LSU. So I wanted to talk about that real quick because we didn't spend much time on them. Yeah. Denver Harris is now back and out there and he started last week. So I think Denver inside Alexander in the corners. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's all we got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Um, yeah, kick off 11 a.m. Central Time, LSU, Mississippi State. Tune in. I'm, I don't know what channel it's on, but tune in ESPN. I think it's on ESPN, assume. isn't it? Yeah, I would assume ESPN. Um, but yeah, leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening. Spotify, Apple. Um, leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe on the YouTube side of things. We appreciate all the support. We're up to 3,800 subs. So continue to hit the subscribe button. Get us to 4,000. We really appreciate it. Subscribe to the Bengal Tiger on three if you haven't already. And uh, we will talk to you all after the game on Saturday. So, yeah, we'll see if LSU pulls it off. Yep. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.